Welcome to Awakening Matters. I am your host, Cynthia Sloan. Thank you for joining me tonight. I want to, right at the top of the show, let everyone know that I will be in Portland, Oregon on the 15th and 16th of November, and I will be doing readings and healings and some other things, but certainly go to my website. Cynthia Sloan, S-L-O-N, 9.com, and you will find the information there and also can contact me for a personal in-person session if you so choose. So I will touch on that again later on. So welcome to Awakening Matters, because it indeed does, and if you are breathing Your soul has agreed to partner with you and assist your physicality, your mental and emotional body as well, and your spiritual body uh, to grow. And that that is awakening. Now, does, does that mean that is always easy? No, it does not. But what I want to talk I want to talk about several things today, so I'm just going to jump into it. I can't even really tell you there's going to be one topic. There's going to be many, but they are all a continuum of each other. So the first one I'm going to talk about and touch on is your intuition, that voice within you that tells you something is different than what it seems. Um, and or Of course, the inner voice is also, the intuition is your fight or flight. If you feel that there's an emergency or you feel um, that something or someone is calling you and needs you, that's also part of your intuition, that gut feeling. Please, please always listen to it and trust it. Trust that inner voice. More often than not, What you are feeling is true and correct, and it will guide you into the next step. Like I said, it can be anything from a job choice to life-threatening opportunity for you to help somebody or something. What are you going to have? You know, where are you going to go eat for lunch? It covers all of it. But you know what's so fascinating is that your intuition is connected to your Soul dialogue. What does that mean? It means that your thoughts, emotions, why you're even in body, that your soul is always working for the highest and greatest good for you and the experience of that outcome. It's often our own humanity that pushes against that choice or that thought. I mean, how many of us have said throughout our whole lives, Oh God, I knew that. Or oh, I knew that was I I saw that coming. But we took the journey anyway. And so the soul, however, whether it's about a restaurant choice or anything else, is connected to the voice of the intuition. And therefore it the thing that's beautiful is that the soul's not there to judge, it's there to love. Because it knows no matter what you do in this life, you are going to return to yourself when you leave this body. And therefore, nothing is lost and everything is gained. How much is gained is really up to you. And so, and your free will choice. And so I say to you, your intuition is often aligned to uh, your highest and greatest good. And that can often mean if you're getting information or you feel like something's different than what somebody's telling you, you don't have to act on it, but you can trust your intuition and know that um, there's more to come from that area or whatever you want to do and take it from there. My point being, more importantly, Your intuition is not attached to whether you are popular, whether you make it, whether you don't. Your intuition is not attached to your choice. Your intuition is connected to and an extension of your soul wisdom, your soul dialogue, 
and your originating purpose for being here. So remember that and trust yourself not to fully hear what it is that you are receiving requires your ability to love yourself because your soul loves you, loves itself. That's a whole other concept. Your soul is a part of you but is not consumed by your fears, your doubts, your um, duality, your um, insecurities. Your soul is a part of you, but it's holding the highest and greatest wholeness and fullness of who you are. It's not um, being pushed and pulled and, and uh, going through growing pains, I'll put it that way. So your soul very much uh, is clear about who you are, who you were, who you remain to be, and who you will return to. And so um, in order to receive intuition that you feel is not fear-based, et cetera, and by the way, if your intuition is like fear-based, um, it doesn't mean that's not your soul language talking to you. But it could mean that what your soul language is trying to remind you that you were committed to doing, uh, maybe your soul contract at this point in your life or as you move forward, is not happening and you need to look at it. Or it could mean that you're confusing your um, spiritual voice your soul language with your human dilemma. And so what do you do with all that? Well, the invitation is to literally either journal or to take a piece of paper and make two columns and write all my fears that are coming through my intuition. And then the other column is all the clarity, um, possibility, and empowerment, and then choose one. Most likely, when you're done with those two columns, one represents your humanity and possibly the turbulent path you're on in just that moment, and the other one represents the freedom from that path. So, you make the choice. Either way, your soul has got you. You are being held in the hands of infinite wisdom and the knowledge that your ability to thrive is as close as your willingness to receive it. And that means kind of telling yourself, you know, I'm so done with what other people think of me. I'm so okay with moving forward and doing what is in service to myself. I mean, you've got to look out for yourself in regards to are you, you know, what do we do in life? We make sure we have a roof over our head for the most part. We make sure we have warm clothes in winter. We make sure we have cool clothes in summer. And so we look out for ourselves in regards to weather patterns. Um, we look out for ourselves in regards to other things. I invite you to also love yourself enough to include a language that frees you with yourself that starts to really move you into a sense of, you know, what everybody or anybody thinks of me is really none of my business because it just throws me back 10 years or five years or two years or 10 minutes. And what I want to do, maybe you tell yourself this, make it your own. Every time someone tells me something about myself or judges me or you hear that people who have nothing better to do, are talking about you, et cetera, and it has nothing to do with who you are, and nobody's willing to come to the source and ask who you are, et cetera, just get, do yourself a favor and give yourself the opportunity to say, none of that matters anymore. And every time a negativity comes up, I'm going to replace it with a positive about myself until the negativity no longer surfaces and I'm empowered and free. So that's something for you to make your own and really think about because you are not just a human being having experiences, you are a vibrational frequency. And when you align with your highest and greatest good and the ability for you to say, I don't need the love or the acceptance or 
to be seen clearly by the people over here because I see myself so clearly within that it overrides all the falsehood that my clarity is so in place about who I am that anything that is not in alignment to that simply loses its impact on me altogether. And that's because where you're residing within you, the electromagnetic fields, you are not just a human being, you are a vibrational frequency in the universe. You just aligned to a source of empowerment that is unending, always giving, and uh, never runs out. So remember that that's a part of you. It's not something other people give to you or take away. It's an inside job. And when you go there and you connect, like as an example only, make it your own if it resonates. If it doesn't, throw it out. But you might stand in the possibility, I, as an example, you'd say to yourself, I am a universal being. And I want to tune into the bigness of what it feels like to move away from the smallness and move into the bigness of who I am and to remember that I am free and that I don't have to fear. I just need to love. I need to love myself and I need to receive love from the universe and stop uh, pausing that flow, whether you're looking for finances, abundance, uh, love relationship, health, whatever it is, you want to stop pausing it or stepping on the brakes every time you talk to yourself or remember or listen or realign with, I am not worthy. Or, you know, I am worthy, but then that person over there doesn't like me. So my invitation to you is, um, that person over there doesn't like themselves. And if that person over there is connected to a group of people that are bashing you, they are in alignment to amplifying the parts of them that give them a false sense of permission to um, not do the work they were here to do. So they all bond in that. And again, that's a whole other show. But what I will go back to is if you want to be liked or even loved by one, two, ten people and it's not happening, I can say to you with tremendous knowing that the universe is <laughs> so much bigger than what you're feeling right now about not being seen or heard or liked or what have you. The universe is so much bigger and guess what? The universe is filled with love for you, filled with love for you. So when you're no longer focused on lack and you're focused on an abundance of receiving, all of a sudden that love that you're focused on just starts to fill your life and fill you up and so many incredible things happen. So just be mindful of that and don't take my word for it. Try it yourself and then start experiencing that when you do that, you step into the shoes of who you truly are in alignment with who you've always been and your connection to the abundance that has always been yours from birth on. So I say go for it. You got this. I want to talk a little bit now, segueing, but again, still connected, about uh, the opportunity and gift, an incredible um honor that I have received, uh, incredibly so, to throughout my life, but most importantly now with what's going on in the world where so many people are passing over, that I've had the incredible opportunity to uh, be a bridge to those who didn't know how their loved one or loved ones passed. And I've been able, with deep gratitude and always um, in awe, communicate not only with the beings that passed on, but also bring closure for those that are still here. And why am I talking about this? I'm talking about this for one reason only. I'm talking about death. And I'm talking about death in the form of the trauma and the trauma that occurs um, for, well, if death is, 
experienced in a traumatic environment, then it's going to, of course, be traumatic. But death alone for many in, in human form is traumatic. There's the death uh, and the trauma of grieving. There's the death and the trauma of starting a new life or a part of the life that you had dying and going away and feeling the humans that remain are the ones I'm talking about right now, feeling so alone in some cases or disconnected or what happens now and for what's going on in the world, around the world, many are not only asking what happens now, but literally where do I go now? And so there is, there are many individuals out there from that have passed on that are wanting with such a deep desire and intensity to reach their loved ones that are still here, to talk to them, to tell them what happened, to say goodbye, to also let them know what is possible. Because again, when you pass over, you, you no longer go from a physical, smaller view but you move into an unending view, past, present, and future. I mean, certainly there are many things that I can go into about souls when they pass um, and what they experience, but right now I'm touching on there's a lot of closure that needs to happen, and I am so in awe and humbled, quite frankly, to be a part of that for so many. And I have had in my life four near-death experiences. And so what I can say for sure, and one of them was traumatic, without question. I mean, the same exact scenario than the ones I'm dealing with? No, I've been connecting loved ones or beings that have passed over long before this moment. I'm talking about how I am honored to doing that in this moment. But Prior to this moment, I have had the um, honor again and, and humility to be able to do this for other people. And what I'm here to say is when, and my own death experiences, when one or five or a hundred or more pass over, whether it's traumatic or whether it was planned or whether it was an accident or whether it was peaceful, there is waiting on the other side before actually the transition, even if it's a traumatic transition, because don't think for a second that, well, anyway, in my experience of what I have witnessed, that even if there's going to be a traumatic event, um, meaning souls, Okay, so we all have guides. We all have a council of beings. So those council of beings are aware of what's about to happen or um, for that particular individual where they are. And so there is an alignment. There is a sacred geometry. There is a symmetry that occurs in preparation outside of time. So it's not like the guides go, no, wait, I need two weeks to prepare. No, there is no time. Um, where they reside. And so it's immediate in the ability to catch you, to receive you, to illuminate your path, to guide you, to embrace you, to love you, to hold you, and to assist you out of trauma and into some clarity about where you are. I mean, a lot of people don't even know they've passed on when they've passed on, especially if it's been through a traumatic event. Um, and their personal guides, their personal counsel, who, by the way, are with them from birth all the way through and beyond, are there to communicate with them and to assist them, just like they did their whole lives, whether they heard it or not, because that's what the beautiful thing is about guides and intuition and soul language and universal consciousness that you're connected to and a part of is none of it, um, none of it on that level stops and starts. 
It was there before with you before you were born. It's there with you throughout your whole life, and it's there for you when you pass. And the help, the guidance, the ability to assist you to make bigger, better choices or even smaller ones, whatever you are facing that is going to assist you, your guides, angels, loved ones on the other side, et cetera, are going to do whatever they can, even if you're unaware of them, to help you, to assist you. And they do, because that's already part of your soul language. But, by the way, if you tune into a meditation or an intention and you say to them, to your guides, as an example, I would like you to work greater in my life, bigger in my life. I would like to know myself through you or know all parts of myself through all of you. Whatever it is that you're asking, if you ask directly, boom, you've just amplified and quickened the process for you to receive. So I'm here to tell you that in my death experiences, especially the traumatic one, um, even if there's confusion when you get to the other side of like, wait, I mean, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not gonna, I just not, what I'm about to share with you are not the exact words, but it's, um, it's being used as an example. Even if you get to the other side and, and you're like, wait, where am I? What's happening? Wait a second. I was in the middle of this or that, or where's, you know, where's my loved ones, et cetera, even if you are asking those questions and you're at that level of confusion, there's an immediate response. There's an immediate, by the way, there's an immediate recognition within you of the familiarity of, oh my gosh, I've seen these beings before. Of course you did. They were with you before you even came into body. So you're not out there when somebody passes. They're not out there not only alone. They're not out there alone. But also they're not out there unknowing, confused, lost, and like, wait, who are these people? I don't know them. No. It's a reunion of love. It's a, it's I know you. You have helped me. You and if for those who connected with them while they were in their physical life and living out their personal journey, you're going to recognize that that's a guide. And the first way you'll recognize that is you will feel so much love and so much peace. Even in the face of your trauma, you will feel that. And so with that said, Many, many human beings are leaving the earth at this time all over the world. And is this the first time? No, it's, of course, happened previously. Um, and I have had the incredible opportunity. Um, I don't know how people locate me or find me. Of course, I'm online, a very small blueprint online, but nonetheless, I'm there. And I just trust that people's guides or whoever I can really honor in the moment is who is being guided or called to join me. And that is happening. And I can guarantee you that there are beings that are on the other side that are receiving just as much, if not more, than those who have been left behind. And once if there's still trauma occurring in your life um, and you've lost a loved one, once that loved one outside of time, there's no time on the other side, um, it's specifically not time like the time we keep as humans, but once that human being that you so loved is on the other side and has realigned, calibrated, anchored, Whatever, you know, it, it, does that happen with every single being? No, I'm just saying when that human being that has passed over is ready, they most likely will turn right around and want to assist you. 
want to guide you, want to keep you safe, want to help you, want to show up for you. And we'll show up for you with tools. What tools are those? Um, a light or a corner of the room or in the backyard or down the street. Something looks um, more illuminated. What's that butterfly doing at two in the morning, you know, flying in my backyard? Oh, my gosh. That just doesn't seem like it fits. No, it doesn't. The likelihood is that is a guide or a loved one of yours that is wanting you to see, really wanting you to see it, see that butterfly. So, and so it stands out because if it's 11 a.m. in in a park with birds and butterflies and all kinds of things, you might not take notice as much. And so the tools that our loved ones use on the other side are Mother Nature, the animal kingdoms, absolutely unconditional love and agreement to become a tool, to become a guide, to become an assistant, um, and pretty much anything else that <laughs> your loved one can get a hold of. Uh, not in a desperate way, but in in a way that sometimes will make you laugh and laugh out loud um, or guide you, you know. I mean, sometimes you're going to a job interview and you're like, gosh, it's down to two and you're, you know, you're by yourself, you're starting a new life, a loved one has passed and you're like, it's down to two of them and I'm not sure which one and you get a flat tire. Mm-hmm. You get a flat tire, and at the time, you might be thinking, I mean, you really might be in a desperate race against time to get to that interview. And then let's say you get to that interview, and you're like, oh, no, no, uh uh-uh, no, I don't want that job. Even if they offer it to you, well, all of a sudden, hopefully... (laughs) you will be able to put two and two together and be like, flat tire, flat tire. And then all of a sudden, the words flat tire become a a part of your life. That whenever you think of the words flat tire, you start laughing or you're in gratitude or whatever it is. Um, You can claim a name like that or you can just move on. My point being that there is more assistance on the other side than there is in all of the numbers that make up all of humanity. I would dare to say with uh, great joy in my heart that there are triple the numbers of beings on the other side, uh, not just the ones passing over, but in assistance to them, than there are the individuals here. And so the blessings continue on the other side. And the thing about death, and you, you, can, you don't have to take my word for it, of course, you can have your own experience, a near-death experience. Um, if you wanted to have one of those, then I bless you in that. Uh, if you don't, then you won't. But... Um, There is uh, an illuminated light filled with a love, literally. Okay, so a love that is not like any love, really. Well, I can't say that. The animal kingdom has that same love, and Mother Nature does. But um, to move to the other side is you're met with often a love that is, I mean, you just, the fear is gone and you just want to go home. That happened to me. I had a death experience. I went to the other side and I did not want to come back. And it felt like home and all the fear was gone and it was replaced with this vibrational frequency and light, the likes of well, I'll just say that I'd never seen quite like that on the earth plane. 
And I had a conversation. It was outside of time, and it was like, do you want to stay or do you want to go back? Okay, if you stay, this is what happens to your soul contract. This is what changes. This is what that means. Now, if you go back, this is what that means, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Well, hi, I'm here. (laughs) I'm talking to you from my phone, and I'm talking to you in body. So you you could figure out the decision I made on on that one. But my point being that um, there are choices to be made. And sometimes we get it and sometimes we don't. Do you know that I had, this was, uh, I want to say three years ago, maybe, Mm, three and a half years ago. Anyway, I had a, um, I was driving down the street and if you know me, you know that um, I have a shirt that says, sorry, I was late. I saw a dog. Come on, that's funny. Um, and my whole point being that I am all about the animal. I'm about everything, but the animal kingdom in particular will get my attention. And um, I was driving down the street. It was a very difficult time in my life. And um, I was very overwhelmed and in turn confused and in turn could not hear my inner guidance because. My brain was uh, talking louder and getting in the way and going all over the place. So I'm driving down the street, and I start to slow down because I'm getting close to the stop sign. And I look to my left, and I see there's nobody on the street. It's a residential street, but there's nobody on the street. And, but there's a Jeep parked in the middle of the street. And next Uh, not right next to the Jeep, but a little bit further away from the Jeep, is a woman on her knees holding a dog by its collar. Well, of course, I pulled over, and I get out of the car, and I go over to this person. And um, she's like, is this your dog? And I said, no, that's that's not my dog. And she goes, give me your phone. And I'm like, oh, okay. And so I gave her my phone, and uh, she called the number on the dog's collar. (laughs) The woman was like, and she she did it on speaker, and she's like, uh, and the dog just kept staring at me in the oddest way, just like staring, not just at me, but staring at me like, can you please wake up? You know, that's my translation now, but at the time, I was like, why are you looking at me so weird? (laughs) Again, mindful that this was a while ago, and I was going uh, through a divorce, and all kinds of things were happening. Oh, my God, it was such an incredible gift in my life, because um, I woke up even more. But anyway... um, So she calls this lady on speaker, and she goes, I have your dog. And all of a sudden, the woman sitting on her knees that is calling on my phone, so it shows my name and my phone number and her caller ID, this woman that she's talking to, um, she says, I have your dog. And all of a sudden, she starts becoming enrageful, the one who made the call to the woman, uh, the dog's number to that woman, starts becoming rageful. And I'm like, uh uh oh, and realizing, my God, that person on the phone thinks they're talking to me, and they're not. And so the woman starts yelling at the woman that owns the dog, and the woman that owns the dog's like, "Listen, I'm pregnant, like about to pop, and I'm in the bathtub, and nobody's home. I can't even get out if I wanted to." And she's like, "I can't believe my dog got out. That's so rare." And this other woman starts yelling at her, I mean, bad. And so I start going, give me my phone. Give me my phone. Give me my phone. So she tells the other woman, uh, she tells the pregnant woman, bless her soul, um, this is where I am. Come get your dog. And if you don't, I'm going to take it to the pound. And I'm like, wow, harsh. Okay. So 
I go, give me my phone. Well, she had hung up with the other woman, and she looked at me, and she said, you have to make a choice. And she was really intense, and I looked at her, and I go, what? And she goes, you have to make a choice. And um, I was like, but I don't understand. And she, like, looked down and looked up. She goes, you have to make a choice with your free will. And I was, like, thinking to myself, at the time, um, yeah, I know I have to make a choice and I'm very confused. Um, and so she said that basically I asked for my phone back. She, I saw her pick up the dog, get in the car and, um, drive away. Well, I get in my car and I look down and I see this number she had just called. So I call the woman who's in the bathtub and I'm like, I, all I said was hello, and did she, and I don't blame her, actually, she barreled into me like nobody's business, and I was going, wait, I, what, I was just trying to get in there and to tell her that was not me. This other woman had my phone. I don't even know if she believed me, but anyway, um, I finally had the opportunity to tell her at the end. It was not me. And she goes, oh, sorry. And I was like, no, it's fine. But um, et cetera, et cetera. So we talked about I was going to go look for the dog. And she was she had called her son, I believe. And they were going to look, look for the dog. And I gave her information about the Jeep and everything. Okay, fast forward. For those of you who are still awake with me, fast forward. <laughs> um. Fast forward, I don't know, like two, three hours. Um, I had a sighting of uh, the dog, and so I call, I saw the dog, and I call the woman, the woman's number, and she, I go, hi, it's me, and I saw your dog. She goes, what are you talking about? Seriously, I swear. She goes, what are you talking about? And I go, what? What are you talking about? And she goes, my dog's right here. And I go, wait, I'm the one who called you. The other woman had my phone and talked to you and we were looking for your dog, et cetera. So the dog I saw wasn't yours. And she's like, no, it's right here. Why? I don't, what are you talking about? I was like, whoa. Okay. I said, thank you. And I hung up the phone and I sat down and I got in touch with uh, my guides and they were like, none of that was real. Meaning, meaning what I said earlier about your guide's ability to, and no, I didn't have a mental break, and no, it wasn't a, um, I should have, though, <laughs> with what was going on, but uh, it wasn't, it, it wasn't a uh, holographic, you know, thing. It was a real experience in the moment, but when I was speaking earlier about there are times that our guides really step in and try and, you know, get us to wake up. That was one of those times. And when I tuned in and meditated, my guides said, well, we tried. You know, we manifested physically. We literally holographically opened up the space, stepped into manifested something so you could hear you have to make a choice. You have to use your free will and make a choice. And later on, I got what they were talking about in my personal life, and um, it all made sense to me. But that was that was definitely an experience that I couldn't deny. I don't care who denies it. I couldn't deny it. You know, now I understand why that dog was <laughs> looking at me like that. And... It was one of many experiences where um, I don't care if it's a butterfly, a bird, I don't care if it's um, a cat, a dog, um, a tree, a leaf, a flower, whatever it is, a person, a jeep, a car, a dog, a pregnant woman in a bathtub. I mean, you have yourself and then... Out beyond you are all these tools, all these um, 
I want to say, well, yeah, that's not going to make sense. But all these um, beings, people, and the form of the animal kingdom or et cetera, and then Mother Nature with infinite soul and the ability to communicate, et cetera, through landscape, et cetera. And so what I'm basically saying is if you are on the earth plane and you feel alone or, God forbid, you have just experienced a loss that is beyond devastating, um, you are immediately, those who have passed on, immediately are met, and then those who remain are surrounded by counsel. And by the way, what I've experienced more often than not is that if a person has gone through trauma or is going through trauma, it hasn't stopped for them, even though they've lost, so they've lost a lot and now they're still going through trauma, what will happen is their spirit counsel will amplify. It will grow. It will expand. It there will be more and more and more and more guides to the rescue. So it's not like, oh, I have two guides and I'm going through hardship in my life and now I have a third. No, it's um, many, 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 many guides. Because remember, guides or beings on the other side have no time frame. That means they can be in the past, the present, and the future and assist you with where you are at in your moment and be helping you. And so that's happening on all levels, Um, meaning on the other side and everything in between and on the earth plane. Um, It's very, very, very needed. And again, for me to just be the tiniest part of that, along with the other things that I am given the incredible opportunity to offer and to learn from and to grow in, is um, I wanted to say it was my legacy, but well, I guess it is. I'm writing a book right now. I've in the process of writing many, but I'm writing a book right now in um, regards to my life story. And certainly, um, I mean, have you guys ever written like something in your journal and then read it and sat back and gone, wow, how did I survive that? And wow, I can't believe I did intact, even if I wobbled a little bit. So this book is a roller coaster, but it's all true, and it's yours truly, my life story. And so that is, um, I'm actually reading it when I write it, and I'm like, wow, wow, that is blowing me away. Um, and I'm going to right now insert that I will be in Portland, Oregon on the 15th and 16th of November. And I have some room on those two days to do readings and healings. And you want to go to my website, Cynthia Sloan, S-L-O-N, the number nine dot com to contact me. And um, I trust that if you do or if you are, if you will, it's because you are guided to do so. And I welcome that guidance. The other thing I really want to touch on and I think is really important is, um, well, maybe that's for another show. Um, You know, I'm going to touch on something different that is so important, and that is if you have a pet, a dog, a cat, a bird, if you live on a farm, or if you don't, and you have other incredible, magnificent, animals in your life, they are able to be empathic, they can feel you, they can feel your sadness, your happiness, they can celebrate in their own way for you, they can grieve for you and themselves, 
They are unconditionally loving. They have a soul. They have a personality. They have a soul language. And believe me, I can hear my animals telepathically. They have something to say. And I am hearing it. If you can't hear your animals, know that just because you can't doesn't mean their voice stops speaking. Watch them, pay attention to them, love them, thank them, honor them, be grateful for them. They are, quite frankly, again, just my point of view, doesn't have to be anybody else's. I'm cool with that. But they are, quite frankly, gifts in our lives. They are unconditional, and their heart love energy, if you allow yourself to meet them there, to hug them and let them hug you back, to play with them and watch their joy, to dance with them and experience their desire to move with you, to watch them play with each other. There's no judgment. They just are unconditional and they're doing the best they can with what they got. Um, life circumstances or what have you. And they come and they go and they come in these gorgeous packages and they truly are our teachers, our guides, our, um, they have so much compassion for us as we should have for them. Um, they are innocent yet wise, and they, they have this set, I'm going to say, in their soul, they have this set mm, alignment. And they're not just here to serve and honor you, by the way. They're here to have their own experience. And some of them have a great experience, and some of them not so much. But I say to you, if you truly want to have an experience that you are spirit embodied, that just breathing means you are worthy of being here, that your ability to look around is to take in everything loving you. And if you meet people who don't love you, they don't love themselves. And there's nothing you can do to make that happen. People can only see you and experience you at the level of where they're at. And if you are wanting that love, turn to an animal and meet them in their heart, and you will meet yourself in your own heart. And you will start to love yourself unconditionally, and then you might start hearing them talk to you. But be very clear you want that experience <laughs> because I'm just cracking myself up tonight. Be very clear you want that experience because once they start talking to you um, and they get that, like I have a puppy right now and she's pretty young and um, I was talking to her telepathically and she whipped not just her head but her entire body around and stretched her neck out and looked at me and I heard her go, you can hear me? And so telepathically I said to her, yes, I can. Well, she's been telling me what to do ever since that. <laughs> and I love, I love her and we're having a blast. But apart from that, no, there's also with other dog, my other older dog, there's so much love. There's so much compassion and, you know, all these animals are here at different stages of their soul evolution. But one thing is clear and never changes. Their capacity for unconditional love is present and why they're here. Um, and they're not just here to love you. They're here to love themselves and share that vibrational frequency with the world. Why? Because they're aware that sitting in my living room and activating their heart center, 
they create a uh, network of light, or it's already there, rather, that connects to every unconditional love heart center that is doing the same thing around the world and beyond it. So next time you think, well, it doesn't matter because nobody sees me or hears me, etc., you also are part of a network of consciousness. And when you reside in your heart center or you go there, your aura expands and you connect to a network of consciousness that rises with you and amplifies your experience and illuminates you. And all of a sudden, you are really enjoying that ride and hopefully you return to it because it is an experience that, well, that you, quite frankly, will want to be a part of. You already are a part of that, but it's about you giving yourself the experience so that you consciously join yourself at that place of the freedom to love yourself. It's a wonderful, extraordinary feeling. It's very empowering, but again, most importantly, it's very freeing because it dissolves any fear and it replaces it with possibility. And the sky's the limit. So I thank you all for gathering with me tonight. And I invite you to tune in two weeks from today. And Again, if you would like to meet with me in person and have a conversation, have a session or healing, go to my website, Cynthia Sloan, S-L-O-N-9.com, and let's make it happen. And if not, either way is fine. I send you so much love from the center of my being, unconditionally, and always in alignment with Awakening Matters. Good night.